I wasn't posting every day. And again, it was all just a hobby because I'm now working in like private equity finance. This is just something I'm doing for fun. And I kept doing it for fun for over a decade. And then when the COVID pandemic hit, I was working in a real estate growth department for um, a pizza company called Mod Pizza. And obviously you're not going to grow in a pandemic. So they had to lay off the entire team, including myself. And that was a blessing in disguise because for the last four or five years, I've been like, I really just want to pursue this account and like, see what I can do, but I'm not one to ever quit anything. So I'm like, I'm just going to see this through, do both things, see it through. And so fortunately, Maud kind of pushed me out of my comfort nest to where I was like, okay, I'm just going to start blogging full time or using Instagram being a content creator. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast. So you guys know, I always say that I'm so excited for today's guest, but today I'm so excited for today's guest because I interviewed a massive celebrity. I got to interview Natasha from the famous Trader Joe's list. And you probably know who she is because she's got over a million and a half followers, 2 million if you add up all of her followers on all of her platforms. But today we talked about you know, where she came from and how she got to be who she is today, the celebrity that she truly is. We talked about, you know, her journey, her story. And obviously we talked all about Trader Joe's, her favorite snacks, why she loves it. What's the hardest part of her job? What's the most fun part of her job? You guys, it was such a gift. I actually ended up staying on this podcast about 45 minutes longer getting to chat with Natasha. And I will tell you, she is one of the good ones. Please, please, please share this episode today with a friend, especially those who are a lover of Trader Joe's. Okay, you guys, I am so stoked for today's episode because I am joined by the official blue checkmark Trader Joe's list, Natasha. And Natasha and I got connected through a mutual friend of ours, Leah. And throughout my career, I've always had people say, you know, I want to be a blogger. I want to be a travel blogger. I want to be a food blogger. And very few people have done it. And especially very few people have done it to the scale in which Natasha has done it. So you guys, the official Trader Joe's list, Natasha, is joining us today. Thank you for being here. Yeah, no no problem. Thanks for having me. It's uh, fun to get on and share my story. Yeah, it's truly incredible. So um, I want to start kind of at the beginning. Like, how in the world did this happen? Because so many people say that they want to do these things. And I think the best ones, the best stories, I believe, are the ones that kind of started very organically. Like, how I got to where I am was, like, definitely not what I set out to do. So I would love for you to take us back to, like, where you were when you were first, like, I'm going to fucking become Mrs. Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it's like nothing ever starts out how you plan. So I actually was um, working at Deloitte and Touche as an auditor um, right out of college. And I quickly found that like, I'm not meant to be a cog in a wheel. And I was like really kind of becoming somewhat depressed and sad. And I'm a creative person and I didn't, um, I didn't get to use any creativity at all. Cause again, you're just a cog in a wheel. Um, and so I, at that time was shopping at Trader Joe's and we went to what I call accounting camp where they send all the new hires and you go learn how to do the accounting things. And so <laughs> while we were there, a friend of mine who was in my same group told me she started a blog and that was the first time I'd heard the, what's a blog. She said, oh, I'm blogging about shoes. And I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. And like, I was really drawn to it because it sounded like a creative outlet. So I, I immediately knew like, I'm going to start a blog about something and I didn't know what. So I just kind of sat on it. And while I was living in Manhattan Beach, um, I, I lived in like a duplex. So there's like four of us girls living together, myself included. And I noticed they were always eating all of my snacks and food which I, I love to share, but we're all out of college. We're not making any money. I can't barely afford to feed myself, let alone everyone in the house. So I said, well, why don't you guys stop eating my food and they and like go buy your own food at Trader Joe's? And they they said they didn't know what to buy because they shopped at like Ralph's and Vaughn's and they're kind of intimidated to go into a new market. So one day while I was at my accounting job, I was like, I'm going to start a blog about what food items to buy at Trader Joe's. That way they'll stop eating my food and I'll just send it to them. So I'm at work where I should have been accounting and I was just like, you know, typing away, figuring out how to use blogger. And I started the blog and I naturally just put a Facebook and a Twitter account to it because that just seemed like what you do. Um, adding in the social media at the time. So I did that and I just would write a little article, send it out. And then the recession hit. So I got laid off, fortunately. Um, I was very happy about that. And I didn't touch the account or anything, but I did have like a Twitter and everything set up that I had been using. Um, six months later, I get another job in like the finance world and I'm a bored day at my office and I log in and I'm like, why do I have 12,000 Twitter followers? This is so weird. And Trader Joe's never had any Instagram handles or social media not until years and years and years later. Um, so and what I noticed year was this? I don't mean to cut you off, but what year was this when you first started? This, this was, um, 2008 is when I started Deloitte. So it was okay. around 2008, 2009. Okay. Um, I started the account. And then this was 2010-ish, I want to say. I, I'm guessing. I could have these years off. Um, and so I start working. I notice I have like um, all these Twitter followers, whatever. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. People are using my handle. They think like I'm, shit, like I'm like the resource for Trader Joe's. So like a little light bulb went off and was like, this is growing really organic. What if it's just something I just start sharing more and more and more? So I started blogging more. I started... Um, using Facebook and Twitter a lot more. And then Instagram came out like shortly thereafter. And overnight I got 25,000 Instagram followers. And I just started, I wasn't posting every day. And again, it was all just a hobby because I'm now working in like private equity finance. This is just something I'm doing for fun. Um, and I kept doing it for fun for over a decade. And then when the COVID pandemic hit, um, I was working in a real estate growth department for um, a pizza company called Mod Pizza. And obviously you're not going to grow in a pandemic. So they had to lay off the entire team, including myself. And that was a blessing in disguise because for the last four or five years, I've been like, I really just want to pursue this account and like, see what I can do, but I'm not one to ever quit anything. 
So I'm like, I'm just going to see this through, do both things, see it through. And so fortunately, Maud kind of pushed me out of my comfort nest um, to where I was like, okay, I'm just going to start blogging full time or using Instagram being a content creator. And that was probably one of the best times to do that because everyone's in their house on their phones. <laughs> so, and the only thing people can do is go get food at the grocery store. So it was actually a blessing in disguise, the timing of everything. Um, and then since then, this is my third year just doing this. Like, this is what I do for a living. Oh my God. That's like the greatest story ever. <laughs> like <laughs> literally. Interesting story. But it's, um, it is funny to see all the ins and outs and as like you wouldn't think that there's any correlation between accounting and what I do now but like the fact that I can like run my own business there's a lot of overlay like all the contract negotiations I have I learned that in my former jobs so it's like everything kind of stacks on each other and now it's like a lot of people are like do you have a manager do you work with an agent I'm like no I literally do everything myself because I know how um but it's it is it is interesting to see how you get here yeah. You know, I just, I, I'm a big believer. Like I have faith. I, I say it's God. I don't really care what it is for anyone else, but I just really think that it's so interesting. Like, I don't, I know that we don't know each other. We were connected through Leah, but like I was a professional golfer and I know that you are just recently got into golf, which is so cool. Yeah. It's the worst thing. I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> right. It's the worst sport ever. Like people come to me there all the time. They're like, Hey, I want to learn golf. I was like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Like it's really, really hard. No, you don't. But you hit one and you come back and it's it's the greatest thing. And your swing has gotten so much better. I know this is a sidebar, but I looked at your whole all of your stories from when you started and now you you play quite a bit now, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's I've I haven't played in the last since it's been raining. Um, but when it's nice out, I I love it and I love to walk the courses because um previously, like I'd been cycling a lot for like the last decade. I'm really into cycling, but as I've gotten older, it's, I don't know, maybe the, and I'm like, I have a partner, like the awareness comes to mind of like, it's not that safe. It really isn't. Like I know I can count on one hand, um, friends that have been hit and a lot of them paralyzed. So to me, it's like maybe a different sport. <laughs> so when I go out golfing, like I love walking. So you still get that like outdoor, it's gorgeous, you know, but then you're just like hitting things on the way. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so cool. But yes, yes, I, I saw the whole golf, but going back to like how like the plan was kind of laid out, you know, I did corporate, mm. I played professional golf and then I did corporate and charity golf events. So basically companies and corporations hired me to play golf with executives. No but way. the thing that I was actually really good at, like I was somewhat good looking and I was somewhat good at golf, but the thing that I was really good at was the human connection on the golf course. I was really good at like the mindset and the business behind what I was doing in order to grow and scale and do something that no one had ever done. Like I was getting paid $10,000 a day to play golf with executives. And like the only people who actually got that were like professional golfers, like on the LPGA tour, but right. I just had, I just had this business and then people used to come to me for like how I was so confident and like how I create, like how I turned this into a business. And then my now coaching business grew organically. But what you were saying was like the past, you know, we can never tell how things are going to go in the future, but it's so easy to look back and see how all the dots connected. And like, even for yourself, you know, having the accounting backward background, having the business background, you're now able to do all of the things for your own business. Yeah, it's, it is crazy how that all works out. And it's nice because I think a lot of times you, and you probably experienced this as well, people don't expect that from you. 
So when, when I'll meet with like, I was just at a conference and you'll meet the CEOs or the owners of these $500 million companies. And then you meet them and they're like, oh, you do everything. I'm like, I do everything. And so it's like, it's funny when they see that because a lot of times people don't expect that. Um, but it's great having the background. And certainly like there are days where I'm like, uh, oh, it would be nice to like offload some stuff, but I think I'm a bit of a control freak. So I like to kind of have my hands in everything that I do. Well, that's cool. I'm sure as you grow and scale, I mean, do you even have like, do you have like a virtual assistant or a business manager or anything? Um, I have a girl that helps with, she helps with some of the, like the data entry monotonous yeah. things that I'm assuming AI. Like you do, do all your point. blog, like all your, you upload all your videos and do all your YouTube shorts and all your graphics and everything yourself. Yeah, the only thing that I have someone help with is my large format YouTube video that's like 30, 20 to 30 minutes every week. I have a guy that helps um, like put in my intro and then the girl helps with my copy because that was just kind of a time suck. I was like, oh, I'd much rather like, I like editing reels. Like I really enjoy it. I hated it at first. I was like, what? Now I have to become a video producer. But I like, once you tap into your creative side, you're like, oh no, this is fun. I can do this and this and this. Um, so that, yeah, I edit all those videos on my, pretty much 90% of all my contents edited and me. That's amazing. So yeah. I, I want to kind of go back for a minute. So you started doing this because your girlfriends were buying, were eating your snacks, yeah. but then you kind of put it to the side. Did you put it to the side because you didn't really want to do it? Or did you put it to the side because you didn't know how you were going to monetize it? Or did you put it to the side because, you know, it wasn't quote unquote a real job? I'd love to know the mindset behind that because I know that this is where so many people get stuck. Yeah. So I was coming out of um, working for Deloitte and like I would say, I've, I think that's the closest I've ever felt to like, maybe I was depressed or have depression um, I used to explain it to people when I talked to my manager, because I actually didn't make the first round of layoffs during the recession. I made the second round. Well, there wasn't even a second round. I like told my manager, like, I was really upset. I thought I was going to get laid off and I can't afford to quit. Um, and so my manager actually told me, all right, let me see what I can do. And I told her, I was like, I just, I feel like I had a pilot light in me that when I got out of college, it was burning so bright. And I felt like it was like flickering like inside of me. And it was this like awful feeling of like, you think the world's like endless opportunities. And then all of a sudden you're put into this like little tiny box that like, I wasn't great at accounting, but also that was because it wasn't my passion. Um, and I, I just didn't feel, I wasn't happy. So when I got laid off, I was like, you know what? I am just going to do anything I can for the next six months that like, I want to find joy and like, just feel alive again. So I kind of, that involved me like not really being on my computer because when I was working at Deloitte, I'm working 16 hours a day. At one point I was, they literally had me working in a janitor's closet with no windows. Um, and so I was like, I'm just going to go out and find something that makes me really happy. And so that's when I was just, I was living in Manhattan beach. I'm in my early twenties. You know, I like partied a lot. I just like went out and had fun. Um, and I kind of run on a baseline of anxiety. So like, I knew that wasn't the real world. Like I was like, this is temporary. Um, and that, that it wasn't that like, I didn't not want to blog or do anything like that. I just wanted to find like a passion again and something that was like a driving force and that momentum. Cause I always see that as being so valuable. So I didn't really work on it at all until I got back in a position where I'm like, okay, now I'm back at a desk job. Let's see what I can do. Um, and that's when I kind of was like, okay, pick up the paper again, start, start, you know, creating more content. 
Um, but that time for me was like just so important to explore like what makes me happy. Um, and, and that's that's kind of the basis of why I didn't um, I didn't really jump in at that moment. Yeah. I love that you said that because it's something that I'm just like so passionate about. Your kind of story is somewhat similar to mine in the fact that, and I want everyone to that's listening this to put themselves in the story. Like I had this life that everyone thought was amazing. I was playing professional golf. I was modeling. I was doing television and I was fucking miserable. Like I had a horrible eating disorder, hated my life. Didn't really even feel like I wanted to live. Like I was that upset with my life. And it was like 27 years old where I was like, wow, something has got to change or this is not going to work. And that's really when I dove into like the mindset work. And I really dove into self-development and that, and it's what I'm so like, I'm 40 years old now. So 13 years later, I'm so passionate about it. Like I do this all day, every day for free for good money, but for free too. If I, if I get to, you know, speak to audiences and things like that, like I'm obsessed with what I get to do because it is my purpose. It is my passion. And I think every single person, if they just got quiet and still and listened to that voice, they'd figure out what they actually love to do. And then you can always figure out how to monetize anything. I mean, everything in this world is monetizable. So I'd love to go back to like, okay, so now you're, you're now laid off. You're for the mm -hmm. second time and you cut, it's the pandemic, obviously in 2020, mm -hmm. you know, the world's kind of shut down and you are, you know, laid off from a pizza company, which makes sense, you know, especially living in California, you know, we, we over here in the Southern United States, we only chilled for a few months. We didn't shut down the world the way you guys did. But so now you're like, okay, what am I going to like, am I going to do this blog thing? Like, did you immediately think of it as a source of income? Like, wh where did you go? Yeah, I mean, I, I had already started making a significant amount of money on my account prior to leaving. Okay. Um, and it, there was certainly an imbalance because like I would work for this company and make what it would take me to make in a month at that company I could make in three hours yeah. with my own thing. But I was, you know, I had equity in the company. I wanted to see it through and see it do well. Um. So, yeah. So like when, when I got the call, like I remember it was very similar to the previous recession. There's just like, I was CNN was on or something. There's like a lot of red all over the screen. And I was like, oh, I think it's happening again. Like, this is very familiar to what happened in 2008, where it's like every station's like, something bad's happening. And I'm like, this feels pretty bad. And so I got the call from my boss and I was like, he's like, do you want to talk? I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm like, literally, I am totally fine with this decision. Like, this is, I think, great. I understand, like, no problem. Um, and I kind of just started going from there and, um, like random things fell into place. I did a deal with, um, a really well-known brand and like blew it out of the water and this company's like VC backed and oh, wow. that because I did so well, it kind of just like boomed in the atmosphere that I work in and all these brands started hitting me up and to, to where there was like so much work. Um, and the first year I was like on my own. I made I made more in the first year that I worked for myself than it took me to make in the former 10 years prior to that. So what I made in one year was equivalent to 10 years of work. Um, and that to me was like shocking. And I, I don't know if like I expect to ever repeat that year because it was just a crazy, crazy year during the pandemic. But um, for some people it was awful, but MySpace in particular did well. Totally. The online space. Yeah. I mean, I made 300 times as much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. So to me, it was just like, it was a really like confidence boost and, um, it felt good because honestly, like my experience in corporate America has been terrible. Like I have had being a, a young female has been like, I, I have like never worked for a company that is like actually, actually cared about developing me and boosting confidence. Not, not once. Like I've had all, all the me too shit happen to me. I have had, um, like, like, like terrible things, nothing that has ever built confidence. And so it wasn't until I started working for myself. I'm like, finally, like I can be me show that I'm successful and I don't have to report to some like person that doesn't have my interest. You know, everyone's just trying to talk up to whoever, you know, Brown knows to the person above them versus actually care about the well being of the people they work with. Um, so it felt really good to finally like be on my own. Like, okay, now I'm the only one responsible for me and like my future and what I'm doing. Um, and it, it's, it's been awesome. Like it's scary working for yourself. Cause like, you really don't know what's around the corner, but I always remind myself, like you have way more stability working for yourself than you do working for someone else. Like you have the most stability working for yourself because you are in control of everything. Um, and you have transparency into everything that's going on. So it's, yeah, it, it was like a really good, good jump. So it wasn't scary for me when it happened. Like I just immediately was like, okay, cool. Like it's time, like this will work out. Do you feel like, so one thing that I talk about in confidence all the time is that a confident person has a lot of self-trust. Do you feel like you trusted yourself to like show up, to do the work, to show up, to do whatever it took to actually make it happen? Yeah. Cause I, 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 I definitely, yeah, like I said, I have, I run off this like low level anxiety. It's like dark energy, but like the only way to like calm it down is to be productive and do something. So I have self-trust and like, I know I'm not like, I can't just sit on the couch and like do nothing. Like there's always something for me to do and work on. And like, I, I have trust in that because I have that in me, like, yeah, I'll try different things, but I'm not going to let myself fail. So, um, everything will look, you know, things will look different. You might start here. I always say like, to people I run into this and when I saw your when you reached out and I looked at your thing the first post I looked at I was like the reason I'm doing it is because the first post I saw you said people just don't start like that's the hardest thing and like they people get in their head and they make excuses and they're like oh what is what should my logo look like which I'm like put all that shit aside literally just start because whatever you start now it is not going to look like that you're going to start off here it's going to do this weird thing and then you're going to end up with doing doing something probably completely different but because you started it, you at least did that. And that was kind of what your first post said or the post that I clicked on. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I've always been a strong believer in that. And so, because I know I have that, like in me, that like motor, okay, I'm just going to start something, see what happens. Um, I did have a lot of self-trust and a lot of confidence and like my background, I can go in and do anything. I have my broker's license. I could sell homes. I have like a real estate background. I'm finance and accounting background. Like I could do anything, but I, the only thing I'm going to be really good at is the thing that I do for myself. Like I'm always going to be mediocre if I work for someone else. Wow. That's so freaking cool. I'm so glad that you said that. I'm glad that we kind of agree with that because like, obviously you guys are listening to this podcast. Natasha is un- overwhelmingly successful. And like, like, just like she told you, she never started out knowing exactly how to be a blogger. She never started out knowing exactly how to create all these social media platforms and how to monetize them and how to write contracts and how to find the next opportunity and the next gig. She just started. And that is the thing that I see so often, like people just hold them back, 
themselves back from starting because they don't know what the finish line is going to look like. I literally started posting food, which now is so funny because like, I don't even cook for myself hardly anymore, food and fitness, because that's what I thought that, you know, I was, I was like, I just have to start trying something. Cause I knew that like, I was going to help people with like confidence and motivation and mindset and the belief, but like, I thought it was going to be through, through food and fitness in the beginning. And now that's like totally opposite, but I would have never known had I not have tried. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how it is where you end up but I with your background in golf like I truly believe because there was like something about what's a quote like the biggest course is the five inches between your oh totally but that's that's huge I think mindset is and I've, I've read the book mindset as well I it does change like your outlook and perspective on any everything and I think just having that as like a step like a belief in you like a core belief um it, it can lead to like really cool outcomes come you, you just do have to start and, and like for instance my sister both my sisters one of them um wanted to become a photographer and she was always interested in it and she was so nervous to start like like I remember her first like photography session she like told me oh I'm charging 50 bucks and I was like 50 dollars <laughs> what and she was like I just I don't like she didn't have the confidence yeah and now like she's like taking all these courses she goes to these like out of state things where she learns how to use her camera in different ways and different type of ways to shoot. And like, she's so packed booked, like her schedule's crazy now. And like, we literally laugh at the $50 thing. Um, and then my other sister, she started, she was like, she, the, her and my middle sister were having wine one night and they saw this like donkey that needed to be rescued and they rescued this donkey. And, and now it's, she has the largest um, horse rescue in the country. And she's got like, over 300 horses and she goes to auctions every month and saves horses from going to slaughter. She's got all this, like it's, it's called all seed in the barn and it is unreal what she's done in five years. And like, all of it was like, they just started, like my sister picked up a camera, like my other sister got a rescued a donkey <laughs> and like, they both created these things and I'm like, Oh my God. And like, so all three of us work for ourselves. Oh We've got God. these crazy careers. I need to have your and, sisters uh, on. I need to connect with oh your my sisters. God. How you, freaking you, crazy. You have to like. I would love that. I would crazy. love that. And there's definitely parts in our life where like, we weren't all in this position, no. but we all laugh now because it's like obvious when you like look at where we came from and grew up and like, of course, we're going to all be working for ourselves. Like there's no way that wouldn't have happened. Um, but it is just starting. It is just like just starting. Um, I, I think that's like the, the biggest thing. And I, I tell it to my friends. I tell it to my partner, like everyone. I'm like, he's like, um, my partner, Your partner Simon, by the like, way, oh, I'm loving it. Like, so everyone watches my stories, like my, my true followers, which is nothing compared to yours, but my true followers fucking are obsessed with my husband. Like the more yeah. of my fucking husband, the better, but yeah. I watched the vlog with your partner, um, uh, Simon, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he did the one where you were in Brazil or whatever. Uh -huh. I was dying. I was like, this is the reason why this girl is because I feel like you have so much authenticity. I feel like we're very similar in a lot of regards. Like there's a lot of authenticity in you. There's a lot of like realness in you. Like you just say all of the things that everyone wants to say. And Simon's fucking hilarious. So I was like, of course yeah. you're successful. <laughs> like, love it. He's, he's so funny, but he's a really good painter. And I'm like, why haven't you been painting? He's like, well, I don't know what to paint. Like, I'm just like, I, I don't have like that in me right now. And I'm like, go get a canvas and a brush and just start putting paint on it. 
like something will come to you. It always does. And he did it and it did. But it's again, that whole starting thing. I'm like, it's just, it's, it's so easy to not want to start. And I wonder why so many people have that. Like, is it, it's well, just it's probably imposter like syndrome. It's like the that. fear of failure. Yeah. It's the fear of what everyone else is going to think. I mean, there's just so much that comes up into it. Hey, y'all, it's Christina. If you've listened to this podcast a while, you probably heard me talk about my clients. And the reason for that is I'm obsessed with them and they're obsessed with their results. Having been a one-on-one coach for over five and a half years and being voted the top confidence coach in 2020, I can firmly tell you there is not a faster way to success than having someone hold you consistent, confident, and give you the clarity you need to achieve your personal and professional goals. In 2023, I am doing something that no one else in the coaching industry does, and that's allowing you to have me as your one-on-one coach for less than $300 a month. So if you've ever thought about one-on-one coaching and didn't think it was possible for you, I would encourage you to text me the word COACH to 501-222-3362, and I can tell you what it would look like to have you and I together in a one-on-one coaching capacity for the next year to make sure you are deciding it is your turn to hit the goals that you have decided for in 2023. Again, text me the word COACH to 501-222-3362. You can send me a message on Instagram at bchristina or check the show notes for more details. I look forward to hearing from you. The pillars that I coach on are decision, faith, and action. So like we're using the word just start, but it's truly about making the decision, like going all in, burning the bridges, like this is going to work. And then having the faith that like, there's something out in the universe that is like conspiring for you. And then the part that so many people forget is the action part. Like the action part is the fat is the part that like most quote unquote influencers don't tell you about. They just think that they can, you know, convince you that you can sit on the couch and manifest, you know, a million and a half followers on a fucking Trader Joe's list. You know what I mean? Like that's the part that really pisses me off because I was like, I did not get to where I am and neither did Natasha. And I don't even know her without taking so much action, but like that's, those three pillars, those three things are how you create like the business or the life that you desire. I'm I'm just so passionate about it. No, I, I, I believe that I, years ago, I read that, um, what's that book? The, is it the, no, the secret. Oh yeah. The secret, the manifestation <laughs> book that screwed everyone. Yeah. Yes. But I did read it. And I remember being like the thing, it's like, yeah, it's like when you're on a train and like, you know where you're going, but you don't really see what's happening along the way. And at that time, I was like, not like I, I was like working for Deloitte, like, and I was like, okay, these are there's a video, and I wish I could find it. It was after I got laid off. My roommate was like, you just need to go get another accounting job, like something that's stable. And I said, no. And I said, I I believe there is a job or something I can do where I have flexibility to do what I want. Like I can work out whenever I want. I, I don't have to report someone. I listed off all these things. And she's like, that doesn't exist. And I was like, I viscerally feel in my body that it does. And I'm not going to go get another accounting job. And I literally, the job that I described in that moment in the kitchen, stirring the the pasta, <laughs> it is exactly what I'm doing now. I, I had no idea what it was, but it was like, I just knew what I wanted, like what I wanted to feel. Like I wanted to feel like I had freedom. I wanted to feel like I could like enjoy what I do every day and wake up and like also bring something to people that, that made me happy and I could tell it makes them happy. Um, and it was crazy because I, all those things I wanted, I, I now have. And so I don't know if that's 
the universe conspiring, like you're going to be attracted to what you want or, or whatnot. Um, but I, I certainly think having a clear vision of the way you want to feel every day is important. Uh, and because then, you know, all oh, that if you wake up and you're feeling something you're like, well, I don't want to feel that. Okay. Well then sh shift left or right or whatever it is. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, yes to yes to all of the freaking things. Um, obviously, you know, Trader Joe's, I definitely do want to talk about that, but I'm obsessed. Like this is the part that I'm obsessed with. And I know everyone will want to hear all the Trader Joe's things. So we will talk about that. But one of the questions that I had for you is, you know, obviously mm -hmm. it's just taking action and making the decision. But what was one of the hardest things about starting? Like when you really kind of went all in in 2020, like either like the tangible or the like the mindset stuff? Um... Yeah, I, I it's probably the hardest thing is, and maybe it's more related to the space I'm in, is, you know, you're, there's studies that's like, you're, you're operating on a platform that's like, shown to be mentally unhealthy. Totally. So like, as, as someone, when you, when you work for yourself on this platform, like, you're, you're kind of like, giving yourself reviews every day based off of the likes, the feedback, the comments. And I think a lot of times that is hard because um, if if you you work hard on something and then you post it, you're like, oh, oh, I thought more people would see it. Or like you don't get as much likes or you get some like ridiculous comments. Um, those those are the hard parts because it, it is kind of like you kind of go like you feel your dopamine just like dissolve, <laughs> like dry, dry up. Um, but then, you know, that's I think the nature of being a creator online. And, and for me, it's creating a way to um, navigate that, which has been probably the harder thing is being like, okay, it, cause it is really easy to become inauthentic in this space because you're just trying to appease the algorithm and you know, what works. I, I know how to make a viral piece of content, but I'm not going to necessarily do it. If it feels like I have to be fake. Out of um, I, I, that's you know, I like use. I, yeah, because then you're just going to be creating these things that like, like uh, when I made the video eating the banana with the banana candy with Simon in the car, like that was really fun for me. And like that made me happy. And the people that follow me, if they like it, great. Like, is it going to get a million views? Probably not. But like, I loved making that. And I think the people that genuinely follow me like that, and like, I have to stick to that or else if you start doing these, these things to become inauthentic or like mimic someone else, like you will be so, so depressed in this because you're always chasing something else. Like you have to be authentic. So like finding this career, like the hardest part for me was actually realizing like there are these like road bumps you hit in this because it can be depressing and sad. Like just when you, you're, you're operating on a, a platform that hits the dopamine in your brain. So it's like, you have to be cautious of that. So I think that's probably the hardest thing. Um, but like I said, you, being aware and like navigating it is, is something that I'm like highly focused on. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I, you know, so many people, especially in the beginning, I remember I got a comment last year. My parents were actually staying with me. It was like November, it was Thanksgiving last year. And there was like this you know, spam account. And I don't get a ton of this. Like I'm not as big as you by any fucking form or fashion, but I don't get a ton of it, but I got a message from a guy who literally, cause I said, I was like, you know, I was gross. I did a story and I was like, oh gosh, I'm looking homeless today. And da -da -da. he went off on me. He was like, how dare you say that? You know, there's a war going on and you're only concerned about your looks. And he just went off on me. And 
you know, there's a moment where you just kind of feel like, oh, that hurt. That sucks. But yeah. I immediately went on my stories. I actually, I don't know if I went live or I just went on my stories. I made did a post on it. And I showed the actual exact verbiage that he said to me. And I said, I wanted to go on immediately because for those people just starting, you know, I've been doing this a while. I'm not quitting anytime soon. No, nothing can stop me. But for the person who's in the beginning, that could stop them. And that hurts my soul because if this person is supposed to be doing what they're doing and they're putting it out there and one comment or, you know, oftentimes it's really the things that really bother people are the close family and friends. Like when your family mm -hmm. and friends are like, oh, you know, like this is a fun little hobby, but you should really be doing this. Or who do you think you are? Or, Don't let the neighbors see that or whatever. Like I live in Arkansas and I use the F bomb and God in the same sentence. Like you like to say, I'm not exactly like a model female in this area, but you know, if I would have let any of those things stop me in the beginning, I wouldn't have been able to serve all the people and I wouldn't be so like in love with my life the way that I am. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a hard thing for people to kind of go through, but I just am so passionate about people being like their most authentic selves, because that is like, that's the secret sauce. Natasha being Natasha is the reason why you're so successful. Yeah. And it's, it's been fun. Yeah. It's so <laughs> it's cool. So weird. I was messing with like chat GPT the other day. Oh yeah. And I was like, create a post in the fashion of Natasha of Trader Joe's list just to like see. Cause like I heard Joe Rogan did it and yeah, others. it didn't really, it did it more in the, the, like the likeness of Trader Joe's and me, but I just thought it was funny. Cool. So to go now into a little bit of the Trader Joe stuff, because I put up a box, you know, yesterday, a box of mm. like, what questions should I be asking her? Um, so you are, are you actually like, you say on your website, you're not affiliated with Tra Trader Joe's. So like Trader Joe's obviously knows that you're like the, the shit in their world, but you don't, you don't have any association with them. No affiliation, nothing that like years ago, they sent me a letter from their legal team and I had to put not affiliated with Trader Joe's on yeah. everything. Um, they wanted me, they also asked me to like take down my Pinterest account and I'm like, no, that like all these things. I'm like, I don't, I don't have to. So it's like, I'm not claiming yeah. to be them. I'm a fan account. Um, so yeah, I have no affiliation with them whatsoever. They, I, I have some insiders that, um, either work with Trader Joe's or they, um, yeah, they work with Trader Joe's. They okay. directly with the company and they know, like they, Trader Joe's obviously knows of me. They bring, my account gets brought up in like certain meetings. They like, look, I do those stories where- that, Vote on this or vote on that. that. Yeah. And then did you like, like this one item? And I know they review those um, in terms of some of their purchasing decisions. But uh, yeah, it's, it is, um, it is interesting, but they, they have- I wish they like wanted to do a collaboration or something. I was about to say, would that not be the most like, and I, every other, I understand most yeah. business people aren't that smart, but like, would that not be advantageous for them? You know, you would think um, like every brand that's in like my demographic profile that like fits it, like Home Goods, Target, TJ Maxx, uh, all of those companies have, have like collaborated with the bigger fans. So I was like, of course, I, I, I like the one company that's like, we won't talk to you. We're any influencer. Okay, cool. Wow. 
Okay, this is, yeah, that's just so random to me. It just does not make a bit. It's a bad business decision on uh, T- on Trader Joe's uh, on Trader Joe's behalf. That's insane to me. But so, do you still to this day like I'm I'm coming at this from the perspective of like we just got Trader Joe's in Arkansas like two years ago I think. Okay. I I live like 35 miles from Little Rock, so I don't go down there a ton. I I used to travel to speak in LA all the time before the pandemic, so I I've been there before. But you know what's so interesting? Until Leah showed me your account, I felt the exact same way as your girlfriend's so fucking intimidating it's like such a big oh yeah like there's so many things and it's like things stacked on top of things like there's the racks on top of the coolers and and then there's stuff on the floor like it's very intimidating (laughs) to me to shop there so that's the reason why it's not that I don't know it, it feels very hard so do you still enjoy like do you enjoy getting to shop there every week yeah, it's it's fun because they the nature of Trader Joe's is they roll out new items all the time. So if if an item has a shelf life there, it could be literally like a couple months if it doesn't sell. Really? So they're always creating and bringing in like their Trader Joe's is really good at following trends and they seem to know what their customer wants, so they always create an item geared towards that. So it makes what I do really fun because every week I'm like, "Ooh, what are the new items? Let's go get them." And I buy my staples as well, but then I so what are, this was a question I got asked. What are Natasha's favorite snacks from Trader Joe's? Like, what are your staples? Um, it's it's such a hard question. Whenever people ask me my favorite item, like my brain goes blank because <laughs> I see everything in my head at once. Yeah. Um, what am I? We like the. I really like the 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 dried just mango. It's like a just mango. Yeah. Um. I, they have a new chocolate covered almond that's really good they used to have these other almonds that I love but they discontinued those but they came out with a better almond so okay. they're they're forgiven for the lapse um they've got these cookies that are these gluten-free chocolate chip cookies that are really good and they're like in the pre-packaged they're like three really big ones um those ones are delicious see like when I ha- think of snacks they're not usually that healthy I like fruise balls or like okay. these little yep. date balls with coconut and yummy things on the inside. I love I'm how like you explain that. That is exactly head. how I would explain it. You know, I tell my husband that all the time. And you're like, you know, that thing that's really yummy, that round, you know what I'm talking about, the thing. He's like, oh gosh. Yeah, yeah that, they, they've got these like crisps I like. Um, I got, there's, a, there's, a, there's a ton. It's like really hard to choose. I'm like, what section? Yeah. Crunchy, cheesy, Are you... Scary. Are you an extremely health conscious person, obviously being an athlete? Like, is that the reason? So my mom, when I was talking to my mom last night, because I was telling her, I was like, oh, I'm so excited for this interview. And uh, my mom's like, oh, yes, Trader Joe's is so great because they just don't do use any chemicals. And like she told me all of the, the health aspects <laughs> of Trader Joe's. Is that a big reason why you, you're a huge fan? Um, well, so I have a handful of food allergies. Um, I'm not anaphylactic, but I get like, like my skin reacts to things I'm allergic to. So I'll get like hives or big like cysts and it's just awful. So like I tend to eat a lot, pretty healthy. Um, But that being said, Trader Joe's is the master of coming out with snacks that are like gluten-free or whatever my allergy is. Like I can work around it. Um, And Trader Joe's, they've always carried like, they're pretty good at having like things for everyone. So they've got like a really some really good like gluten-free pastas that are made with lentils you know which 
I feel like that section, that sector of retail is going to keep growing just like allergy friendly foods. Um, yeah. So they, they've always kind of catered to like everyone, like they're really good at having something for everyone and they do, um, they do use, I think, yeah, they don't use any chemicals. They don't use any um, food coloring or something. My mom said something about fake colors or something. Yeah. 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 They don't use any fake colors or high fructose corn syrup. Like their ketchup is like the good ketchup. It's made with like cane sugar and not corn syrup. They've got marshmallows that are made with um, tapioca, not corn syrup. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, Another question I was going to get at, or another question I got asked was, um, why does Trader Joe's not offer coupons? Because their prices are already as low as they can get. Okay. Because they white label some brands, they are able to like price so much better because they'll buy like bulk from a brand, basically wholesale, throw their label on it. And it's cheaper than, you know, if you're going from like Vons or whatever, and people are buying shelf space and then it's just, they don't, they don't do that. Okay. So is, is yeah. Trader Joe's like, I always thought of Trader Joe's like a, like a Whole Foods, but it's not right. It's, it's like, what's the, I guess for me, the dumbass, what's yeah. the difference between like a Trader Joe's and a Whole Foods? Like, is there a huge differentiation? Um, well, Whole Foods pre or post Amazon. <laughs> I feel like both. pre, pre Amazon, um, Whole Foods was like a huge all natural farmers market, right? Where Trader Joe's is naturally a much smaller footprint, less offerings. It's really just like bright and fun inside. And then when Amazon got bought by, I'm sorry, Whole Foods got bought by Amazon, it became more of like a cold warehouse with robots. Mm. And like it, it is, you go into yeah. a Whole Foods here and it's just yeah. people buying like the, getting the Instacarts and, you know, no one actually is shopping anymore. It's just, it's creepy. Wow. But like Trader Joe's is like real people, like they're fun, like they're nice. Like you talk to the guy at the checkout and he's, you know, having a great day and telling you some fact about how he can read his cat's mind. And then, <laughs> you know, like but the way they just like market their products is just, it's just different. Um, and they don't offer any Instacart or anything. So you don't have the robots. You just have like real oh. humans. Okay. Well, I didn't know that part. So are you like, when you go into, and this is just a question, no one asked this question, but I want to ask it. When you go into Trader Joe's, are you like a huge celebrity? Does everyone like stop you? I get recognized a lot when I'm at Trader Joe's. People do come up um, and like, I shop at one store the most because it's close to me. Yeah. And so there's a couple of the crew members that I'm like friends with. We say hi and what's up and check in on each other. Um, but yeah, people, people come up and say hi. And it's, I love it. Cause like it, everyone that has ever come up to me has a huge smile on their face yeah. and like, that's fun. I, and I always tell people, come say hi to me. If you see me, like, don't be shy. Cause I'll get messages. People are like, were you just at the, and I was like, yeah, oh, I should have said hi. I'm like, yes, come say hi. Like it makes my day because if I'm making content for people, it's like people just see me on their screens, but I don't even get to see anyone. And so if people come up and say hi to me, I'm like, oh, that's fun. Like you're the person I'm making content for. Great. You know, so it's it's nice for me to see that and like the the real humans behind like the likes and the taps and whatnot. Oh my gosh. Is that like the best part of getting to do what you do? Um, I, I love I love when people come up and like a, a girl stopped me. I was at a gas station on the way home from Mammoth Mountain um after a snowboarding trip. And she was like, Oh my God, this is so random. But like I started 
the Trader Joe's Nevada account because like you inspired me. And I was like, what? This is so random. Awesome. So I like took a photo with her and it was cute. Um, and that was a really like feel good moment. Um, I, I wouldn't say I, I do it so people come Come no, I, I don't mean that, like, but like, that's must yeah. be one of the, like the cool parts about it. Yeah. It's certainly cool and like humbling and like rewarding to it's, it's nice to like, people are always like, don't stop. I love it. And it, that's cool too. Like, I think people know how hard it is to be a content creator online, especially I'm like a grandma content creator. I was like, oh, gee. And now there's like Gen Z and alpha gen or whatever the hell it is. And it's like, you know, like there's people doing what I do now, like that are with the Gen Z crowd and they're crushing it. And it's like, it's cool. I have my audience, you know, so it's, it is what it is, but it, it is hard because it's always changing, always adapting. Um, So when you see people and they're like, I love it, keep it up. I'm like, sweet. It's like when you're in a tournament or riding your bike and you're at the end and people are cheering, you're like, okay, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. awesome. So you have now created your own spatula line, Pat the Spatula, which is so freaking awesome. How did that come about? Um, I was cooking a lot um, during the, I think it was before the pandemic, actually. Uh, I have a funny story about that, but um, I, yeah, I was cooking a lot in the kitchen and I just kind of noticed it was like a blank space and a, a roommate of mine, she had a spatula that had a smiley face on it and I was like oh my god I love that I'm gonna make a smiley face spatula um so I made one that was a bit different and I named it Pat because SNL had a skit on someone named Pat Pat, which is gender neutral and so I was like okay I'm just gonna make a gender neutral spatula so one side's like more feminine and the other side's pretty masculine and I just named it Pat and then I released it December 2019 and each of the spatulas come with a little tag on the bottom and it has an affirmation on it. So it's like, you're perfect. You got this, just something to like motivate people and make them happy. And I, it was funny because I used to package them and mail them all by hand when I started doing it. Um, and then it got to be too much work, but there was one tag I had that said, this is your year. And it was during the pandemic. And I was like, well, I've got to remove that one now. Like, I don't think this is anyone's year. Hey, that's not true. You crushed it in 2020. That's true. It it was actually my year. That's, that's true. Um, yeah. So then I just, I've continued to make spatulas and I'm coming out with a line of new ones. They're all like eco-friendly beech wood. And I also have one that's like, um, a silicone spatula that's good for like flipping pancakes. So its name is flipping Pat. Um, (laughs) and Pat has its own Instagram page with about 60,000 followers and lots of recipes and reviews and whatnot but it's it's certainly fun and it's one of those things that um a, a goal of mine is to eventually get these in the hands of kids and get kids cooking and interacting with the food they're consuming just to bring more awareness and and health so prior to the pandemic i was supposed to be meeting with a couple non profits and doing cooking classes with kids and that kind of got pushed on the wayside so that is something i do want to pick back up but the goal with pat is to just get people cooking and interacting with their food and it's a fun activity you know and it's just something that's always made me feel really good when you cook like it helps with my anxiety cuz you're creating something um so yeah it's fun it's pat spatula and eco-friendly beechwood oh my gosh check it i out. love it you guys definitely go check out pat the spatula i think i followed that yesterday when i saw it it had its own instagram account which is like incredible um 
I always ask everyone, like the last question I always ask for people and you probably, you just answered it. Like what's next for Natasha, like besides the, the nonprofit or anything, like, do you see this going anywhere else? Like what's a kind of a goal or a dream in the future for this? Anything right now? It, it's a funny question. And I've never been someone that's like, I don't, I don't know what's next. Yeah. I know how I want to feel. Yeah. You know, I want to continue having the freedom and ability to live my life and travel and see things and do things. Um, and and that to me is huge. So I'll me continue too. to pursue things that make me feel that way and live the way I want to live. Um, definitely the spatula is so fun for me and that makes me excited and it's fun to get the samples in the mail. And like, I'm going to keep doing that because I love the way that feels. Um, and I get, I continue just to focus on anything that makes me feel good and something doesn't feel good consistently. I'm, I'm probably not going to keep doing it, but, um, yeah. So just continuing to, to be present enough to like pursue the things that make me happy. And I have no idea what that looks like. Honestly, it's like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't have like, I don't have like a roadmap of like where I want to be in five years. I just know Who how cares? I want to feel. That is yeah. the that is the best answer that you could possibly have given you guys. I want you to hit that back button, that 30 second back button. I want you to hit that like three times and go listen to what she said, because if you do that, oh my gosh, the sky's the limit. Thank you so much. This was such a treat. I'm so, I'm so grateful you took the time. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You guys go check out Natasha. If you don't follow her, I don't know why you don't. There's a million and a half of you there. If you happen to not know who she is, the uh, Trader Joe's list, Pat the Spatula, Natasha, even she has her personal account. What's your personal account? Natasha Trader Joe's list? Uh, it's Natasha Rochelle, R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E underscore. Okay. Natasha Rochelle underscore. You guys go check her out. Thank you guys so much for listening. And don't ever forget, YouTube can decide it is your turn. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.